Hello, and welcome to Finding Middle Path, a podcast about all things DBT, dialectical behavior therapy, and the resources around it. I'm your host, Rachel Jolstrom. Today, we will begin speaking about distress tolerance or crisis survival skills. I hope you stay with us to talk all things DBT. Well, welcome back. I know we've been journeying through a little bit of the mindfulness-based skills, and so we're going to take a quick detour and also start to interweave some of the distress tolerance or crisis survival skills. We've mentioned uh, the how and the what skills or the what and the how skills of DBT. We did an exercise in one of our previous uh, recordings, and we will have more of those because they just seem to be well-received. So today we're going to talk about one of the best skills to go to in a time of crisis. Now, there are different levels for which one intervention would work the best, but it's important to note that all of them have a purpose, yet not all of them will fit your needs. And so it's a little bit of that trial and error basis. We've talked a lot in the past about being willing and being able to open yourselves up to try something different. Remember, we will not ask you to do anything that we've not tried ourselves. It's a very much interactive rapport building therapy. So when we talk about it, we'll explain how we've used the skill and even sit with you in session to discuss how it might better fit you or how you can adapt it to your life, your needs, and some of your even likes and dislikes. So to begin, again, why is it important to know um, the importance of distress tolerance? Well, as we previously discussed with the three states of mind, um, for some of us who are on the extreme opposites, like we're emotion mind, really high activated, or we're even in that logical, you know, isolation state, and I don't want to be around anyone, and maybe I'm leaning more so on, you know, very extreme thinking, right? Um, this is where we can definitely tell I'm activated. In fact, most of us, we will have a physical or a body response when we're in that state of mind. So it's really important to connect yourself to that. That being said, that's not the time to go, okay, breathing, you know, as much as breathing is a wonderful tactic to go through and we can talk about the different types of breathings. Sometimes people want something more tangible and more distracting and breathing, thinking about breathing, I've even been there myself, almost makes the situation worse. Now, that's been my personal experience. I'm not discounting, you know, coming back to your breath. I just think that in a severe crisis or an anxiety related situation, sometimes coming back to your breath, again, it's almost over activating. It's not quite what's necessary. So these skills are kind of the best way. So we we could start with the stop skill or the tip skill, um, but the skill I go to the quickest is the accepts or it's the distracting with accepts. Remember, in DBT, a lot of the terms that we use are acronyms so that you can be reminded of them, hopefully in a time of crisis, and then you start to integrate them in, and then it almost becomes second nature, and then you don't have to think about the, the acronym anymore, and it just becomes a way of life. So it's that kind of integration. But 
let's start to begin with the word accepts. So A and accepts stands for activities, okay? So this is where you engage yourself in any type of hobby, cleaning, going to an event, um, you call or visit a friend. And what a great example would be like, for instance, last year when I was pregnant, I had to have a lot of blood drawn because um, I'm older and so they had to check my blood weekly. And for some people, having blood drawn is very distressing. Now, again, it wasn't a immediate panic attack, but the anxiety level was super high that on my Apple watch, it was like, maybe you should breathe, right? Well, again, breathing is great, but uh, for me, it was really important to do an activity. So as I tell clients, this is where I got on Instagram and I just started scrolling and I just started to distract myself with any activity anything to not even think about what was going on. For me, as much as it would be nice to to have like a play-by-play, I told them, just do what you got to do and and just let's just get it done. The more I don't think about it, the, the more uh, successful it will be. So this was a great distraction. If TikTok would have been around and as, as uh, I guess, prevalent as it is now, I probably would have engaged in TikTok and scrolling through TikTok. Because what a great, quick little distraction. Now, the key with distractions, and we'll come back to this in other skills as well, is that it does have to have some time constraints. It's gotta be temporary. We don't live our life in distractions. That's really important as we continue to go through this. But with activities, this is really where you, again, do something in the moment to get yourself completely out of that frame of thought you know, watch TV show. Uh, This is where I enjoy telling clients 15 minutes to 30 minutes, um, set a timer or watch a show that that's long and and really engage yourself in in that show or YouTube or, you know, Netflix, whatever it is, and really engage yourself and then check in with yourself after 30 minutes. And if you have to continue to do the activity, that's fine. But after a while, we should start to see that intensity level really dropping. And it's not solving the problem, but it's taking us out of those extreme states of mind so that we can involve ourselves in problem solving. So activities is our is our go-to. That is our number one. Um, the next one is C, and that's contributing. So this is where we find a way to contribute to someone else. If we can volunteer you know, surprise someone with something. If you're a gift giver, that is your love language. Um, Thinking of something to make for someone, Um, doing something thoughtful. I really enjoy, this is my time. I'm overactivated. I'm going to clean out my pantry or I'm going to organize my closet or I'm going to start going through things and seeing what I can donate, right? Because it, it's again, I'm thinking of someone outside of myself and I'm, you know, we're not talking about silver lining of, oh, look at how much stuff you have and how much stuff others do not have. No, but how can I give to someone else? How can I contribute to someone else and kind of take myself out of this moment? Because again, when that intensity hits, we're in the weeds. It's so intense. We don't really see ourselves getting out of it anytime soon. And it just is very overwhelming. 
The next one is comparisons. Now this one is a dangerous one if you don't talk about the caveats associated with it. So with comparisons, this is where you compare how you're feeling now to a time when you felt different. How did you get through something in the past that was really hard? Um, you know, what, what's a memory that you have that you felt super empowered or happy or calm? I love relating this back to something academic too. Like, I think I had to write my first uh, 10 page paper in college. And looking back on that now, that's like nothing, right? But at the time, it felt very overwhelming. And, you know, I did it. And every paper that was maybe even two pages or five pages or a little bit harder, I told myself I could do that so I can keep pushing on, right? Um, I also... I also like to use the example of, of lots of, you know, hard situations I put myself in, in my life. And then also knowing that that didn't last forever, right? Like hard times that have happened in my life, you know, breakups being cheated on or, um, you know, losing a job or getting fired. Those were just temporary situations. At the time, they felt so heavy. And they felt like, oh my gosh, I'm a failure. You know, it just adds up. But looking back at where I came from and thinking that job really wasn't a great fit. That person I dated was definitely not a good fit. You know, we didn't really have the same values in line. And so <clears throat> when I start to look back and I compare myself to how I was able to get through that, then it helps so much more with the things that are hard that I'm getting through now. All right, the next one is E and that stands for emotions. So this is where we're trying to change our emotion. Let's say that our emotion is anxious. Well, I mean, that's a heavy one for me. I've told y'all very much that I, I run with an anxious mind. So um, for me, it is very important to change my emotions at times when I, I feel empowered enough to do so. And it's something silly like watching a Disney Channel movie or a Hallmark Channel movie, like something that's kind of mushy and sappy. And that doesn't really like bring about a ton of emotion, but it brings about enough emotion that I'm like, you know what? That, yeah, I, I have other emotions other than anxiety at times. Um, or having a playlist that's, that's just really effective. Like this is going to change my mood or match my mood, right? So um, finding something, you know, this is, this is where I've really appreciated TikTok, as silly as that may be, um, you know, bringing back old classic songs, but also exposing me to music that I've never or might not have ever been exposed to. So um, shout out to TikTok, I guess. <laughs> Um, but you know, finding a way to change your emotions and manage your emotions, again, makes you feel more empowered over what's happening in that crisis moment. And uh, knowing that, you know, the anger that you're feeling or the anxiety that you're feeling, whatever it may be, even sadness, you know, first, I, I really enjoy having a playlist to match my sadness and then having something that kind of escalates me out of it and gets me to be motivated and says, now, what do you want to do with this? Right. Um, you know, where do you want to put this? How do you want to come out of this? So, uh, really, really figuring out that playlist and, and building on it. Right. All right. So the next one is push away. And this is the one we talked about 
um, pushing away the temporary situation, and this is more abstract, uh, pushing it out of your mind temporarily. But remember, temporarily is huge, big, bold face, flashing letters, whatever you may be, whatever it needs to be to convey that to you. Temporarily means you build an imaginary wall between you and the situation, box it up, put it on a shelf, and you have to come back to it. That's the hard part. But we're pushing it away. We're doing as much as we can to step as clearly away from the situation as possible. So parents or adolescents or young adults, whatever, relationships in general, if you've hit your max and you tell the other person, I've hit my max, first of all, listen to the other person when they say so and give them the space. Now, both of you need to know and agree that we have to come back to this to resolve it. We absolutely need to come back to it or it's just going to continue to escalate and just compound itself, okay? It's not really going to solve the problem. But whenever we're escalated and we say things that we don't mean like name calling or using the D word like divorce or even calling names, you know, uh, to the other person or using language that's not really within your value system, you'll know when you're escalated to the point that doesn't match your relationship or where you want it to be. So it is important to push us away, set a timer, kind of like 30 minutes to an hour. We'll talk more about that later. But coming back to it and and really saying, you know, what do I want to be different next time, right? You're going to have the time when you're away from that person to like say the things in your mind that you probably don't need to be saying to them. And then you're also going to kind of filter through what is it that I really want to say to them and how do I want to approach this? And again, that's that de-escalation that we're really looking for. Okay. So the next one, T, thoughts. This is counting to 10 um, or counting shapes or color objects, you know, whatever it may be. Um, (laughs) This is actually distressing to me, but I like this idea. And that is to do math worksheets. You can Google these, you can find them online, you can whatever, you can do a quick addition, subtraction, times table, whatever it may be, um, and do a quick, I mean, a really quick activity. We're, we're talking five to 10 minutes of something thoughtful and engaging. And again, this is almost sending you to that other end of the spectrum that we were talking about. And that's that really engaging that, that logic or that reasonable mind so that we can hopefully stop in middle path or in in wise mind and really figure out how do we again want to approach or have next steps right so the last one is sensations and this one is wonderful for those of you who you actually feel your emotions like it feels like a third degree burn when emotions are really strong so Uh, Some of you might have heard that ice is really important and we can talk more about the dive response when we talk about the tips skill, which we'll talk about next time. But today we're going to just talk briefly about sensation. So what we talk about is like holding a piece of ice in your hand uh, or getting a washcloth, wet it cold, um, put it in the freezer and then put it on your forehead or on your eyes, especially if you've been crying. Um, this is where you can squeeze stress ball or that really heavy thinking putty, um, and, or listen to loud music or exercise really intensely. This is not exercising to lose weight 
or to get healthy. This is just to get that immediate rush, right? Like, you know, something that you're feeling that you can control in your body. And then the another idea or two is to eat something spicy or sour. Now, all the caveats in this are to not cause harm to yourself. It's just to kind of get a rise or a temperature or something to change within your body, right? So something again to engage like if I control my body then I can control what my body is doing during this uh, intense emotion right um, again we'll talk about the tip skill next time and kind of what that involves in the dive response um, but it is just as important to remember none of these skills are to cause additional distress if they start to cause additional distress then we might want to switch it up to one of the others. Again, go all the way back to the accept skill. Like we're talking about any activity that you can do at that time that is, again, not painful to yourself or others or harmful to someone else or others or yourself. Then we go back, we watch TV, we watch YouTube. I even have a list of, of resources on my blog of channels that are just silly channels to watch on YouTube if you need resources. I'm sure you've got some great resources, so I'd love to hear those. But, you know, it's just silly stuff that we like to watch. Um, and we look forward to it. We subscribe to their channels. And it's just silly stuff like that, right? But it's finding something that will distract from that moment. And it's really important, again, because this is another way for us to say, you know what, I have control of my feelings and my emotions and my environment. And when you're anxious or overwhelmed, the last thing you need is to fill out a control. So we start to start again with what can I control and I work myself out. And it, remember throughout this, we really do start to involve mindfulness more and more every time we do this. We want to intensify that moment and really make it a moment that feels, again, not just like we're breezing on by or just doing an activity, but that it has a purpose in mind. Well, I do hope that you remember that this is not a replacement for you to have a therapist or for you to connect with a therapist in your area. I would love for you to figure out how to um, find one and you can use again better help or psychology today to narrow down even your insurance or your likes or your age ranges male or female it's pretty um, pretty spectacular there are so many ways to even meet with a therapist right now either online or in person there's a mixture of both happening and then there are community resources available that if you can't afford therapy they will be happy to support you in any way shape or form if you're willing to do the work i guarantee you we can find you a therapist who's willing to work with you well i do hope that you enjoyed our episode our podcast today i hope you subscribe and remember you can always reach out to me and find me at findingmiddlepath.com or find me on the social media <laughs> at finding middle path and as always, I hope you stick with us next time as we talk all things DBT. Thanks and have a great day.